This is episode 24 of The Wrap, a weekly show recapping all the goodies and fun movie news from the past week. Today is Friday, April 5th, 2013. I'm your host, TJ. So on Monday, Joe gave us a box office report. I was unable to do so, as I usually do, due to extenuating circumstances, but Joe filled in for me for the first couple of days, and one of the first things he posted was the box office report for April 1st, 2013. Uh, He says, I promise you the following is no joke. In honor of April Fool's Day, Paramount released G.I. Joe Retaliation. The film easily earned 41200000 stealing the lead from the host. The movie many twihards went to see out of loyalty to Stephanie Meyer. In all likelihood, host will gain on retaliation and ticket sales over the course of its wide release. I think G.I. Joe will fizzle out in the box office when fewer and fewer fools are left to watch it. Stephanie's followers are exceptionally loyal. So Joe is a bit hard on G.I. Joe. I'm not even sure if he's seen it yet. I'm still kind of looking forward to it. In fact, I'll be seeing it uh, tonight. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. But it certainly did earn its keep with $41 million out of the gate. Uh, and I believe, as I'll look up on my next link here, that that has inspired Paramount to plan the next G.I. Joe film. Uh, Commander Cobra brainwashes audiences to watch G.I. Joe, the article is titled. Uh, Variety is reporting that Paramount is quite pleased with how G.I. Joe Retaliation has performed so far and are planning on adding another film to the franchise. Although many of us uh, question Paramount's decision to push back G.I. Joe Retaliation in order to tweak the film, it looks like in the end they may have made the right call. So yeah, it's no surprise given how well it did, and it's, uh, you know, I think it's sort of a fun thing. I haven't seen the film yet. I expect it to be at least as fun as the previous G.I. Joe film. And then just to recap, since I actually missed it on Monday, uh, I'll just recap quickly from Box Office Mojo, the uh, weekend totals. G.I. Joe Retaliation was at the top with $40 million. The Croods came in second place with $26 million. This is its second week out, so that's pretty good. Tyler Perry's Temptation came in with $21 million. Olympus's Fallen came in fourth with uh, $14 million. Oz the Great and Powerful came in with $11 million, so it came in number five, and the host came in number six at $10 million, and its budget was $40 million, so it has a ways to go. It has an uphill battle if it intends to go anywhere. We'll see how that goes, and I'll be here on Monday to let you know how it does this weekend. All right, next up, China gets a special version of Iron Man 3. Variety is reporting the co-production status would have treated Iron Man 3 as a domestically produced film and enabled Disney and Marvel to circumvent the government's import quota, limiting the number of foreign releases that are shown in mainland theaters. That would also have given Disney a larger piece of the box office. But the Mouse House is still getting preferential treatment for producing a version of Iron Man 3 specifically for Chinese moviegoers that features notable locations and a fair amount of footage that would appeal to local tastes. I'm not super impressed with this idea. I know as an American, if and when I watch foreign films, I'm not interested in seeing a modified version of the film. I want to see it as it existed and as it was meant to be. If I were the creator of Iron Man 3, if I were the director, I would be upset with this decision. I don't know to what extent he's on board with it, so I'm not really sure. Uh, Catch up with that full report from Joe in the show notes that he posted on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday... Eric and Michael released episode four of their Movieology podcast in which they talked about Argo since it did win Best Picture for 2012. 
Uh, they wanted to take a look at that film, and they were a bit harder on it than I would have been, and than, than I was, actually. I quite enjoyed the film, and yet they also enjoyed it, and their take is certainly worth a look. I would recommend you listen to that podcast. It's always worth listening to Eric and Michael. And so you can check that out at moviebyte.com slash moviology slash four for their fourth episode. Star Trek Into Darkness aired a commercial uh, during the airing of the latest Walking Dead episode. Uh, we first became aware of this when Damon Lindelof, a uh, writer, tweeted, there's going to be some cool Into Darkness stuff during tonight's Walking Dead finale. And he used the hashtag, Cumberbatch is not playing a zombie. So, and I posted this article on Wednesday. Uh, I apologize for being out of the loop for the first couple of days, and I did want to share the trailer. It is uh, it is now on YouTube, and it's worth checking out simply because uh, I love Star Trek. And uh, so it's a 60-second spot. Be sure to check that out in the show notes. Joe on Wednesday posted about trailer baits and switches. He says, do you recall that one scene in Return of the Jedi when Luke and the gang rushed aboard the Millennium Falcon to get out of the sandstorm? Yeah, me either, but you may have seen a glimpse of the scene in an original trailer for the film. There were many such things in movies that are nixed from the final cut that appear in movie trailers. And he goes on uh, with other scenes that have been cut from films ultimately that were in trailers. You know, I have a bit different take on this as a filmmaker myself, and I've had to cut trailers for films that were not finished uh, for documentaries and the like, and scenes sometimes are in trailers that wind up getting cut from the film. You know, you hear, I've, I've even heard about uh, a guy suing studios saying he didn't get his money's worth because a scene that he saw in the trailer wasn't in the film, and this is just silly. You're making trailers to get people interested in the film before you're finished with the film, and you might wind up cutting a scene, it may not be working, and things of this nature. And you know, trailers are to generate hype, and if the movie doesn't live up to the hype, well, that's not really, I mean... You know what? That's that's movie biz. So, uh, but that that link is in the show notes. You can check that out and Joe's take on that and some other scenes that were in trailers that were not uh, did not make it into the film. One such notable scene, as I'll read from the article here, one I wanted the, to see the most um, in the sandstorm, Return of the Jedi. Next to that, I would like to see Bilbo t- taking a look at Narsil. Um, I'm not, I don't remember if I'm saying that right. I know I've heard it in the movies, but that was the sword in an unexpected journey. That was the sword that was broken, um, that, uh, the king used to, uh, defeat Sauron the first time and cut off the ring off of, uh, Sauron's finger. So be sure to check that article out in the show notes. On Wednesday, I posted a trailer for the mortal instrument city of bones. This is trailer number two. If you're looking for the missing link between Buffy and Twilight, um, this may be your thing. Uh, I don't know anything about this series, really. I've only seen a few trailers, and I think it could be good, or I think it could be really bad. I'm not sure yet, and so, but I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it for sure, because I did like Buffy, and to some extent, I like Twilight. I, as I've mentioned many times before, I like the, the story, the core of the story. I don't like all the romance and love stuff, but uh, I, would, I did like the idea of it, I suppose you might say. So this could be interesting, and it could be fun, and... I will be interested in seeing whether this film is any good or not. Check out the trailer. Ellen DeGeneres announces Finding Dory. You know, some people love her, some people hate her, but Ellen DeGeneres is Dory from Finding Nemo. Like, without her, uh, Dory wouldn't be who she is uh, in Finding Nemo. And apparently Ellen's been uh, championing a sequel for Finding Nemo for a long time. There's a pretty funny announcement video in the show notes 
that you'll find. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, there was a she cut together a thing of all the times. I don't know if it was all the times, but of a lot of the times that she kept asking for a Finding Nemo sequel. And she kept mentioning that they were too busy working on Toy Story 16. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. Uh, check that out. There will be uh, a new Finding Nemo sequel. It will be t- called Finding Dory, which, by the way, I find the titling of this sort of sequel better than, say, Cars 2 or Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 3. Those are not very imaginative names, so I do like the name Finding Dory. I am concerned for Pixar and continually, continuously developing sequels um, I wish they would make new content that was not a sequel, but uh, I am kind of excited for Finding Dory. I expect it to be fun and entertaining, and so check that out in the show notes. On Thursday, I posted the announcement for the trailer, the upcoming trailer for The Hunger Games Catching Fire, which will be debuting on April 14th. There was a short video announcing the coming of the trailer. So Joe doesn't like this sort of thing. I do like this sort of thing. I find it interesting. Check that out in the show notes. I enjoyed the Hunger Games, and I'm looking forward to catching fire. Um, I really like uh, a lot of the message. I don't like all of the messages, but I do like a lot of the messages in the Hunger Games series as books and as movies, as the first movie I did. So uh, I rated the first film four of five stars, and I'm hoping this film will live up to that. All right, uh, Oblivion. Uh, on Thursday, I uh, posted... New clips and an IMAX featurette for Oblivion. And you know, I'm really liking the look of this film. I know some people don't like Tom Cruise. I like him when he's cast in the right role. I don't think he's super versatile, but I think he's good when he's good. And I think he's going to be good in this. Check out those clips and the featurette. They're worth checking out. Really looking forward to it. And in the same line of uh, Oblivion, I posted the soundtrack, the entire soundtrack streaming from SoundCloud. Uh, on the site. Be sure to check that out. The music's sounding really good. It's going to be coming to us from, uh, in in the same manner that the same director used Daft Punk. He's using uh, Anthony Gonzalez of M83 and Joseph Trapanese to uh, team together to score this film, the same way he used Daft Punk and Hans Zimmer in Tron Legacy. He's using that for Oblivion. The soundtrack sounds amazing. Of course, you have to evaluate soundtracks in the context of the film, uh, so it, I, I hope it works in that context because it sounds amazing by itself. We will see. You will want to listen to this. On Thursday, uh, we released the episode of uh, the Movie Bite podcast called Finding Pixar, episode 38, that was recorded on Wednesday night uh, due to a funeral. I was not able to be there and record that, but Joe was joined by Clark Douglas, friend of the show, friend of the site, and uh, they had an interesting conversation. I haven't been able to listen to the entire episode But what I've heard sounds great and intriguing, and I encourage you to check out uh, that episode, moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 38. Uh, Sadly, it was the first episode of the Movie Byte podcast that I was not in, so that's kind of a milestone for me, I suppose you might say. I'm looking forward to getting back with Joe next week for episode 39. Check out episode 38. On Thursday, I uh, posted about Roger Ebert's leave of presence, as he called it. He wrote an article detailing that he was going to be reviewing less films, he was going to be relying more on his team, and he was building uh, an online uh, site uh, where he was getting more collaborators and more writers of a team that he's developed and respects their opinions over the years. And uh, it was sad enough as it was but then later in the day, we found out that Roger Ebert died of cons- complications from his cancer. He died at 70. I posted the link this morning on moviebyte.com. It is very sad. Um, in in this, this week's 
theme for me seems to be about death with the passing of my mother, so it's hard for me to have the right perspective on this, but it is pretty sad. Um, I respected Ebert's opinion, even though I didn't always agree with it. He was one of the titans of the industry. He was a fixture, you know. He he made the industry what it is today in many ways. He, he had a big influence on it. Uh, no one person has made the industry what it is, but he had a huge influence on it. Everyone respected his opinion, even if it was a director of a film that he didn't like. They still respected his opinion. No one ever said bad things about Ebert and his opinion. So he will be missed. Um, he will be uh, – it, it will be sad when he's not here. When I, when I can't look up his latest review, I will often look up his review on a movie that I've just seen or that I'm getting ready to review to see what did Ebert think about it. And uh, so I, I am deeply saddened by this. You'll find the links to everything going on there in the show notes. Our sympathies and our hearts go out to his family and his friends. All right, finally, uh, I posted an article today titled Respect and Opinions, and I wanted to make sure to set the framing for this. This, this is really, even though it was instigated by a comment we received on moviebyte.com, it's not about the comment. It's about what we're looking for uh, in, in how we interact with our audience. We, we love you guys. We love our audience. Um, we, we want to build our audience. We want to get more of you. We love those of you who read the site and who listen to the podcast. You make what we do possible. And so I just wanted to give a little bit of guideline. This is how this is what we're looking for. We want to interact with you guys. We want to have intelligent conversation. And I encourage you to check out this article that I wrote um, and how we, we hope to interact more with you at moviebyte.com. Uh, we want to have a lot of fun. And so help us, help us build MovieByte out to be everything that it can be. Check out that article, Respect and Opinions. And then lastly, we do want to talk about what you might want to see this weekend in the theaters, as we always do. And you know what? This weekend looks like a bit of a dud for new releases. Um, we have Evil Dead and Jurassic Park in 3D. I'm not interested in either of those films. Uh, I don't know what else to say. They're um, whatever. <laughs> those are our new releases this weekend. So even though we've been seeing a little bit more of the light of day with new releases, uh, this weekend's a bit of a dud. But we still have other films in theaters that you might want to check out that uh, have not come out new this weekend but still are in theaters. We have The Crudes, G.I. Joe Retaliation. The Host, Olympus Has Fallen, Tyler Perry's Temptation, Oz the Great and Powerful, The Call, Admission, Safe Haven, and The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. To get my opinion on whether you might might or might not want to see uh, individual films there, you can check out my full feature on MovieByte.com. And that's it for this week. You can find the links for all the things I talked about in the show notes at MovieByte.com slash the wrap slash 24. You can follow us on Twitter to stay up to date at MovieByte, or keep up with us on Facebook by liking our page at facebook.com slash MovieByte. And of course, be sure you visit the website where we keep you up to date every weekday at MovieByte.com. That's it. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great weekend.